Hi, welcome to Sweetman Podcast. I'm your host, I'm Simon Sweetman. This is episode 222, and this might be the shortest episode of this podcast that you'll ever hear. It's a a phone interview I did a couple of months ago with Wayne Kramer from the MC5. Um, Look, it's not the greatest piece of work. It doesn't, it's not that it goes terrible, it doesn't go badly, and that he's a nice guy and we have a nice chat. It's just, uh, I wanted to share this, and I was going to share it before the lockdown because I wanted to show you an example when it came up of how a phone interview can be a bit of a pain. The quality is okay, you'll hear it and you'll hear what's going on, but there are a couple of bits where the sound dips out, and for some reason at his end he couldn't hear everything I was saying. So you'll get that awkwardness of when I ask a question and it just there's a silence, and then he basically says, what? And when you repeat the question you think... God, is this even a good question? And should I repeat it? And then you panic. And then you have the publicist listening in who tells you, yeah, speak up, we can't hear you, and this isn't going that well. And I just wanted to share a kind of warts and all phoner. It's something that I've always wanted to to share with people in the, I guess, in the life of this podcast. And I don't do that many recorded phone conversations anymore. I also didn't get the chance to write this up. So this was the conversation was supposed to be to promote the show that he was doing. He was with the MC50, the anniversary version of the band. Um, they came over as an opening act for Alice Cooper, right before the lockdown, really, one of the last big shows that happened in New Zealand this year. Um, and it was a last-minute thing. And yes, I wanted to talk to him. I mean, who doesn't love the MC5? They're a band you can you can actually love them without even listening to them these days. They're just important. And uh, I certainly did my time listening to them and loved them. And I also I loved Wayne's book, which I ripped through in preparation for this conversation. And and we got to some good stuff. There's some there's some good insight there from him around. Um, you know, being a problematic person at one point in his life and doing his redemption. I mean, his story is well known. He went to jail. Uh, He had an absentee father. He became a father late in life and didn't want to be an absentee father himself. He's gone on to do film score work. We do touch on all of these things. So, you know, as much as I go on about the 15-minute phone and not being ideal, you can get some stuff out of a person in that. And maybe I would have written a good article based on this, but it didn't happen. So... You're going to get to hear this now, and uh, I hope you take something from it. I hope you enjoy it, and um, and long live Wayne Kramer and the MC50, and formerly the MC5. Uh, thanks to Tea Leaf Tea and Yeasty Boys. This is episode 222, a brief phone conversation with Wayne Kramer. Hello, this is Wayne. Hi, Wayne. It's Simon speaking from Wellington in New Zealand. How are you doing? I'm pretty well, Simon. Yourself? Yeah, good, good. What what time is it for you? Whereabouts are you? It, I'm in Los Angeles. It's uh, quarter to four in the afternoon. Oh, yeah. And are you sick of talking about yourself yet? Uh, I've been <laughs> sick of talking about myself for years. <laughs> you, well, when you wrote the book, that must have uh, helped you uh, own the stories rather than give them away or not remember them. It must have put a new lease on doing interviews. Well, yeah, in, in a way, it was. I was glad to be able to write it all down and put it in the correct chronological order. Yeah, um, and then and then be able to put it out in the world so so everybody will know the the story. What what took longer, writing it or remembering it? Well, you know, it, it's uh, the remembering wasn't hard. I mean, that was that, that really wasn't a challenge. What what was the challenge was remembering when 
particular things happen. Yeah. You know? yeah. So I had to do what all writers do, which is I put a bulletin board up with three by five cards with the name of each working chapter, and then I could rearrange them to get them in the proper sequence. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, you know, that, that was a challenge because memory, human memory is kind of random access. Yes, yes. It's, it's, it's nonlinear. <laughs> yeah, yeah, so it's, it's both writing and it's maths. It's mathematics. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. Tell me, um, writing the book, is that kind of what led to the MC50? Do you think you would do that without having chronicled your story? Do you think you'd celebrate the 50-year anniversary anyway? Oh, probably. Yeah. I mean, listen, I, players play. Yeah, I, yeah. I, I love to play music for people. I love playing with other musicians. Uh, and so I'm always looking for a, a, a time and a place to be able to, to do my thing. And, uh, and uh, so, you know, when the, I, the calendar started coming up on the point of it being 50 year anniversary, I thought, well, this is a great excuse to go do a tour. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and, and how, do, I mean... I don't imagine it was too hard given the um, the reverence that the music has had over the years, but how did this extraordinary lineup come together? Did these people present themselves to you or did you handpick them? Well, with the exception of uh, lead singer Marcus Durant, I had known all the other guys for years yeah. and years. Yeah. And uh, I know that uh, even including Marcus, that they all discovered the music of the MC5 at a, at a point in their own careers, and when they heard the music, they said, yeah, I want to do that too. Yeah. So yeah. one day to find us all in the same room together learning these songs was, was kind of a special occasion because um, they all embraced the MC5's me- message. Yeah, it's it's not just playing the notes on the guitar or singing the lyrics. It's what does the band represent? What do we stand for? And I think that they all embrace that and uh, uh, and wear it themselves. It's how they feel about the world too. They and and they've all been playing long enough that they know what they're doing and they're not cynical about it. Yeah, they playing well is still important to them, and it is to me too. Yeah, yeah. And I was thinking, um, there's that quote that's attributed to Brian Eno about the Velvet Underground, something about not that many people bought their records, but everyone that did went off and started a band. And I think maybe that applies to the MC5 too. I'm sorry, there's a lot of background noise on your end. Oh, sorry, there shouldn't be. Um, yeah, just just thinking that the MC5 is one of those bands where um, everyone that bought a record probably went off and started a band, which is kind of what you're saying about the, the people that, uh, that you're working with now. I, I missed the first part of your question. Oh, I was just talking about the, the longevity of the MC5's influence, the fact that the record's... The people that bought the records probably went off and made bands as a result. Right, right. Well, that you know, that's part of the MC5's uh, raison d'être. <laughs> you know, this is our, our message is to inspire people 
to uh, take action. Yeah. Don't just sit there on the couch and, and fiddle with the computer. Get out and make something happen in the world. Call yeah. up your friends. Go somewhere and, and conspire on something. Try to leave the place a little nicer than you found it. Yeah, yeah. And when you first started kicking out the jams, um, you had Richard Nixon in the White House, and now you're kicking out the jams again with Donald Trump there. It's a strange kind yes. <laughs> <laughs> it could be discouraging, but it's not. <laughs> it's a, it's an interesting kind of parallel or or a weird circle that you've found yourself in that you could never have predicted. Yeah, I think I think uh, we need a, a message of self determination and um, self efficacy more than ever today. You know, we can't depend on leaders to. Uh, to make sure the world runs properly. Yeah. I mean, you know, it, it really comes down to me and you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. These, what is it about these songs that continue to resonate? I mean, you've played them so many thousands of times and with probably, what, a dozen different lineups now? Something like that? Sure. Se- several different sets of musicians and it's still, yep. still interesting and appealing to both you and to the audiences. It's, it, it's, I, I, I too find it um, interesting that the material holds up so well. I think uh, it, it's a tribute to the songwriting. You know, back in the day, we used to discuss, did this song have historical um, accuracy? Would this song um, hold up in 10 years or 20 years or 50 years or 100 years? Mm. And we tried, we really tried to write songs that were more universal and had more to do with style than fashion. Yeah. You know, fashion is temporary, style is eternal. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And how, I mean, you're now one of the great rock and roll survivors. You could argue that you did your best to not survive for a few years there. Yeah. What what yeah. what was the what was the key to changing for you? When did you really go, man? Something's got to something's got to change. I have to fix myself somehow. You've always had the power of belief in music, but it almost seemed like that wasn't quite enough at one point. Yeah, no, t- uh, talent is not enough. Uh, uh, I think I think uh, my finitude. You know, as we age, um, our mortality starts to enter our consciousness more. Mm. Uh, you, you, you never think of it when you're 20 because you're going to live forever and you know all the answers. Yeah. And then, you know, when you're 50, you start thinking, well, I might not live forever and I'm not so sure about all that stuff I thought before. Mm. And at 70... Um, I know very little. (laughs) (laughs) Well, well, but but I'm uh, but I'm inspired um, very easily these days, and uh, it's not hard for me to to appreciate um, the world around me. And I I just think that um, my time is finite, and uh, I want to make the most of it. Yeah, yeah, and you know that. Your father wasn't there for you, so you want to be there for your son, right? 
I'm sorry, I missed that. I say you. You one thing you do. You said you don't. You don't know much at seventy. But one thing you do know is that your father wasn't there for you for a, a combination of reasons, and you want to be there for your son. Absolutely. Uh, I I don't want the mistakes of the past generations handed down to the next generation. Mm. So you're right, my, my son has a loving mother and a father, and he has um, uh, a, a home that um, supports him, and he has agency, uh, he is respected, and um, he's treated like a full human being. Mm. And, uh, you know, uh, so much of... Uh, you know, the mistakes that humans make, they repeat over and over and over again. And there's a few things that I would, I, I'm trying to, to help him avoid. <laughs> I mean, if he, if he avoids addiction and prison, I will consider it a big win. Yeah, yeah that's breaking the cycle right there. <laughs> Yeah. yeah, amazing. How did you he's find He's doing pretty good. Good, good. And he's got a hell of a story to read in your book. <laughs> he told me the other day, he said, Papa, you're a little bit famous. <laughs> <laughs> and he's right. I am a little bit famous. Yeah, yeah. Now, <laughs> tell me, how did you get involved in the TV and, and film soundtrack work that you've been doing across the last few years? What's that? How did you get involved in the TV and film soundtrack work that you've been doing across the last few years? The film school. You're talking about scoring. Yeah. Yeah. Well, you know, at a certain point, about ten years ago, um, the idea of getting in the van for another tour just didn't quite have the attraction mm. that it had when I was fifty or forty or thirty. And I thought, well, what else can I do? You know, I'm, I'm. I'm a pretty good musician. I know what I'm doing. Um, so, I don't know, could I do music for film and television? And um, so I started trying to meet people that work in that industry and met a few and got some jobs and found that I really enjoy the work. And, uh, and, uh, and it's been going fairly well. I've been working on projects that I like the, the project. Uh, Fortunately, I mean, I'm not a wealthy man, but I don't have to do anything for money. I'm, you know, I have a roof over my head, so I have food in the refrigerator. I'm okay for today. Yeah, yeah. So yeah. I can just do the projects I want to do. Yeah, which is the best position an artist can be in, right? That's that's the dream. Yeah, it's the, it's the, it's the best, really. Yeah, yeah. And uh, you, you still have these great connections to people that came up at the same time as you. Uh, you tweet about... Iggy Pop, there are a few of you that are survivors. You're going on. You're coming to New Zealand on the road with Alice Cooper. Mm, I'm sorry, you're, you're breaking up a bit. I'm uh, having trouble hearing you. Sorry, uh, you certainly sound a long way away, Simon. Really? Wow, mm. that's weird. I'm I'm right on my phone. Huh. Uh, is that better? Yeah, much. Okay. Much, All right. Much there we, better. There we go. So I say you've you've got these connections with people that you know fellow survivors. You're coming to New Zealand with Alice Cooper. Yep. Yeah. It's a, it's a, it makes a it makes for a great show. And uh, from what I understand, Airborne is a very popular band and and uh, very high energy. So I think it's going to be a good night's nice rock. 
Yeah, they're, they're, they've got the spirit of early ACDC about them. They're, uh, they're a good time. That's cool. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Hey, well, Looking forward to hearing him. I, I, I'll, I'll let you go because you've talked about yourself a lot, but it's been a great pleasure to chat to you, and we look forward to the shows down here. Thank you so much. I'm looking forward to being there. I've, I love that part of the world, and I haven't been there in a few years, and uh, looking forward to seeing all my mainline mellows. Yeah, it'll be, it'll be great to see you down here again. Thanks a lot, Mike. You're very welcome. Yeah.